It is Thursday, 10th of March, 2016. It's episode 274, and it's time for Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode... You got through it. Well done. Forfeits of having to do our intro. You did it very well. I hate your intros. There we go. Uh, I am Chris uh, in the host seat, uh, joined by Ian. Hello, Ian. Good evening, Chris. Yes, I did the intro because you are really, really bad at Halo. I just didn't, really bad. didn't quite understand how bad, but you are quite bad. I did tell you. I said I am bad at Halo. Uh, you didn't believe me. There you go. And you had to do a forfeit. Um Welcome to another episode. Uh, let's let's crack on. Let's get through this. And we're going to start today's stories with uh, Facebook. Um, so since we last spoken to you, Facebook have agreed that they're going to pay more in tax in the UK. Um, so previously they were farming off uh, their, their kind of sales off through Ireland and they were paying tax there because that has a lesser tax rate. But they've agreed to um, pay more now in the UK for, for a kind of they're still not being 100% transparent on it, but basically they're saying any major advertising that sort of starts off in the UK, they will be paying tax on. This is... The, well, the, so this this is a good thing. Um, and yes. and when you look back, I was just looking at just, it's just how little they paid. I mean, £5,000 for a company the size of Facebook to Yes, pay actually, someone ridiculous. should be shot for accidentally having let that much through. Yeah. You know, so so to for a company of that size to be making that much money to only pay five thousand in tax, so this is a good thing. But that, they're not only let's, let's be clear, they're not only paying five thousand in tax; they're just only paying five thousand in tax in the UK. Yeah, and, and so this is UK corporation tax, but they make yes. a lot more money in the UK. But through all their clever schemes, which a lot of the companies do, they don't pay corporation do. tax. But I saw some bizarre defences on Twitter with people saying, "Yeah, but you forget how much income tax that that Facebook employees pay." And it's like, hold on, I pay income tax. And my company pays loads of tax. That's that's not that's not a cop out. It's it's a relatively new thing. Um, the Radio Four test was passed because they've actually done several episodes of. Uh, I think the bottom line was all dedicated to this and how how it all works. Are you basically saying that we are the Radio Four of tech podcasts? Well, we we dish up the same. Well, all I know is that when it gets to Radio Four, you know it's a big thing. You know it's a big thing. So it's just the anger because they are paying the tax. It's just they're not paying it on our. Our shores, if you like, um, and they obviously choose to play it where it's where it's cheapest, and they're they are entitled to do it under these laws. And this is more to do with the kind of this is now tax seems to be more about <laughs> where do, where do you feel like you should be paying tax, where are you morally obliged to be paying tax, not actually what the legals say because the legals allow them to do this. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, I I take advantage of certain tax evading things, you know, so there's share schemes at work that come off before income tax and all that kind of stuff so there's definitely things that individuals do take advantage of so that in some ways what they're doing is legal don't have and i don't have that you know what i mean it's not like i'm sitting here going ah how, no, how but it, we're talking about the morality of absolutely if you if you're consuming and using services and uh, directing things at people in a one particular country then protect you know, and earning lots of money from people in one country, then then they should contribute back to that country. And I think I don't think anyone's arguing with that. And we are seeing them now 
uh, so Facebook and Google and all, all a lot of different companies coming to say we will pay you tax. The, the the big issue now is just the it's the optional nature of it almost. Yes. That, that and that's it's the, causing it's a bit still, of a fracas. It still feels a bit distasteful. And and I guess the pressure now moves on to Amazon, Apple, um, all yes, you know, all, all the other big names that that make lots of money in the UK, but through these legal schemes, um, don't pay much tax. Um. Apple OS ten has been has had its first ransomware attack. So ransomware is uh, an attack mechanism whereby people gain control of your computer and then they encrypt your entire drive and they leave a message on your screen saying, you know, to get the decryption key, you must pay us uh, money. And it's a very, you know, it's a darkly clever scheme because, yep, without the encryption keys nowadays, uh, you cannot decrypt these things. They're 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 so solid. Um, and it's, you know, it's been in the news recently because someone decided they were going to uh, hold ransomware against a, a, a hospital in the US, and it was, you know, it was pretty ugly, and they they charged them a lot of money it to was get back the forty the bitcoins, key. yeah, which was about was it seven seventeen thousand dollars? Yeah, like I mean, we spoke a lot about there was a UK council, um, yes, a few, that's right, a they... few weeks months ago that was caught as well. Yeah. Uh, Basically, this was the first one that was actually active in the world. Apple works has worked quite quickly to to try and squash that down, and they they do believe now they've taken that threat away. Um, but it does show, firstly, the popularity of the the OS X platform now. Um, that this is now being targeted. How successful this particular technology is, and 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 it's good to see that they have managed to squash it for now. Uh, yeah. So this was. Um... And, and it was through a fairly popular um, torrent client called um, Transmission. So if you, um, I guess there's, there's two or three popular ones and the Mac Transmission is, is a very popular one. Um, and what, what was kind of sneaky about this is that um, the Transmission hasn't been updated in months, or if not about a year. So it was only about a week and a half ago it was in on the news saying, wow, there's an update. It's, it's actually quite a nice update. Here's some nice you know, new features. Um and the way the way this actually worked, um, if you had already transmission installed and then you updated via the app, you weren't affected. It was mm-hmm. only I think they they'd managed to to breach some of the sites where you could download a fresh install from. Yeah. Um, and some people criticised Apple, saying you know Apple have given this so that the, the key. Or sorry, the the ransomware um, was called Key Ranger, and some people criticise Apple because the the developers of this Key Ranger um, ransomware um, file it did have a, a legitimate certificate from Apple, but Apple don't know when they're giving out a certificate if you're a, a good guy or a bad guy. The whole point of the certificate is if you have then found out to be a bad guy, they can revoke it. And, and yeah, kill and, it. and there's no there's no saying at this point that it was actually the developers of that application that had any. It definitely to do wasn't. With this. They reckon they 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 hacked into their no uh, de- deployment places basically. Yeah. So, so they reacted really quickly and um, let people know. Um, so Apple reacted really quickly by by updating you know some of their security systems you know revoking the certificate and um, the developers behind Transmission put a, a, a two nine one update very quickly, which was basically um, install this now. Um, but as I said, you were only at risk if you had done a fresh install. If you'd done an update from the app, you weren't affected. And then it was a 292 because they actually found that they maybe hadn't removed the file, and that definitely kills it. So it, the only thing about it, it, I agree with you, shows the popularity and, and how it's become a, a, a target. Um, I don't think anybody's actually confirmed it, that anybody actually got impacted by it. 
Uh, this thing was designed to lie dormant for three days before activating itself, so they, they almost caught it within that kind of period. Um, nevertheless, if you do use that software, then uh, do go and make sure you get the latest version of it ASAP or uninstall it. And I do wonder if it's been, has it been deliberately, the three days was a bit mystifying for me, because if somebody really wanted to cause damage, you'd have done it within 10 minutes, you know, so... Uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, well, uh, why, they, These things are often set to lie dormant for a bit until they get a notification maybe, maybe i just i just think i just think they would have got potentially more impact then if they'd, they'd done it and I, and I guess it shows that any platforms open to abuse yep opera the um web browser which you may never have heard of but has been around for an awfully long time Ouch. Uh, come, come on most punters i mean maybe people listening to this show would would know but most punters don't know what it is um but it's kind of been an innovative uh um, browser over the years and they have now decided they're going to install an ad blocker um, at source so it's not going to be a third party ad blocker that you add onto this browser they're going to actually put one in this is the browser that first bought us tabbed browsing um, pop-up blockers things like that um, and now they're going to add an ad blocker yeah and they're the reason they're saying obviously this impacts greatly the revenue streams for for many many a site um, but it's it's all about speed of the web. So they're saying it can um, and reduce page loading times as much as 90%. Yeah, and here lies the balancing act, right? So you've got your people that are trying to earn money from all these crappy ads and then consumers saying, I don't like the crappy ads. They slow my, like, uh, my web browsing down by 90%. Uh, so Opera are arguing that it's up to ad makers to listen to what people are saying and don't cripple their sites um, and and. I guess the advertisers are saying, "Look, you're gonna you're gonna cost us billions." Yeah, and 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 that's the trade off. So obviously, companies like Opera, um, broadband, you know, providers and consumers are saying, "Enough's enough. You've just you've just tipped over the edge." I mean, we've had ads for years. It's not like ads are just new this year or last year. Um, we've always had ads, but I think it's just going. It, it has just got more and more greedy. Um, you know, the amount yes. of pop-overs, pop-unders. Well, I think we, we reported a while back now, but advertising online is now exceeding TV advertising Yeah. Um, now. So that you know, shows where the you know their focus really has moved here. It's not just the occasional advert. It really is a lot of money being pumped into this. And interestingly, ad blockers, I didn't realise this, but they're more prevalent among 18 to 24-year-olds. That, that was interesting to me because I would have put that, that um, demographic of the people who didn't really care. Um, yeah, I said I, I think they're just a bit more. They're more tech savvy. We can see the impact. Well, I think they're just willing to press a button and yeah. put, install something on there. Yeah, would, would my mum go and install an ad blocker? No. You know, no, would so, many people that are I work with the same age as me probably not? And what and what it shows is that as that demographic spreads, you know, gets older, it's only going to get worse. It's just yeah. you know, if if that many more are doing it at this age, then yeah, by the time they get to the, um, our age, then everyone's going to be blocking, right? Uh, unless something happens about this like you say we, we've seen these tactics now where if a, a website notices that you're ad blocking then it will just remove all the ability to do it and that that would that would make people question it i guess and and you know stuck in at the bottom of the article the the, the statistics about how much so there's been a study by page fear and adobe um, or, is it, or is it adobe and, adobe. and uh, <laughs> we've been this for six years and still argue about yeah. adobe i'm not arguing you're just wrong <laughs> i checked Ooh. And um, <laughs> uh, but they were saying that last year they reckon online ad revenue lost to blockers was twenty one point eight billion dollars, which is it's a little bit. I guess this is that for seems me, phenomenal. Yes, 
Men, uh, it seems a little bit, you know, like the music industry where you lost this many sales. Ad people saying what they're probably saying is if every single one of those adverts had been clicked on by every single person who ever saw it, then we might have lost that much money. And, that, that's what it feels like and, to me. And it does, but but at the same time, so there's a, an ad placement firm saying the global digital and mobile advertising revenue is 150 billion this year. Another stat in the article was that they reckon 22 percent of the UK's internet users have an ad block installed. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it just it felt such a big figure for something. It that is a seems massive figure. So I mean, that bit advertising is big business, and we just don't, you know, we don't necessarily realize it because nobody advertised with us. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll take just a little bit. We promise we won't block them. Um, Google has released an early preview of Android N. This is the latest version of their operating system, which is currently in developer preview. Um, Expecting this to come out in May, but actually they brought it out a lot earlier to get the, the feedback from developers. Um, Going to be including things like split screen um, for you know um, for applications, a bit like the iOS has offered, so you can have side by side apps and multitasking that way, um, and a number of other features which they're not announcing, but will be in the developer release and will come come to light basically. Um, but yeah, interesting that they they pinged it out early. Yeah. And I think they're just saying that last year, by doing it by doing it at their I/O event in May, um, it just meant developers didn't have a lot of time between that conference and when it was actually released to get everything ready. So this is just to get get things more open. And I think also last year's was a bit of a it was a smaller release. There wasn't that much change. Adding in things like you know the side by side and an app support notes with split screen and um, like picture in picture, you know which ios added in last year so if you've got an ipad you can do these things but the way it's been implemented was pretty clunky and i saw some videos today that google's implementation of of split screen is so much nicer it's like apple photocopy that because that is that is such a and they will yeah well hopefully Uh, i think the other thing is this is a this is a development release there where they're advertising it as this is this isn't a release to make things easier for the developers to actually implement things um so actually if as it's more development focused it's not like it's this big shiny release. They don't have to be like Apple. They don't have to hide everything away until this final thing. And I think they're kind of just saying, this is the way we want to do it. Uh, this is for the developers. Let's let them have early access. We can then talk about it um, at this this I.O. conference. And actually, everyone can be clued up rather than having to catch up on, on what's going and, on. And there seems to also be some under the hood changes to when We always, well, I always joke about it, that it's like, you know, there's another Android release that 2% of the Android population will put on. Um, but but that is a is a kind of running problem with with Android that there's the, the majority of devices are are running you know two three year old operating systems, um, and that was some of the the benefit of Android was the flexibility for carriers and and, and yep. manufacturers to put on their their flavour, but it, it never keeps up to date. It looks... I have to I have to say that that seems to be for me, and I, it probably doesn't be bore out in the statistics, but I think newer handsets are coming with more vanilla Android, so I think this problem might reduce going forward. I think so, and also there's been some digging already on the on the, the the release that was was made yesterday, and it looks like there's kind of split stuff off under the hood, so that you can more separate an Android update from the actual what a manufacturer wants to update. Yeah. Um. I still I still kind of value stock Android over. You know all, yeah, all, totally. the, all the bloatware that Samsung puts on. It just. I mean, I I have to say I've only ever really used stock Android, and and it is a, re you know pretty reasonable operating system as far as i can tell mm. um ray tomlinson email inventor unfortunately died age 74 this week um the guy responsible for the at symbol 
Uh, well, it was a guy that selected that symbol. You're responsible for it. No, no, it was always there. Have you done anything in... Uh, what's that? It was always there. It was always in the keyboard. Oh, is it right? Yes, he used it for... Okay, yes. Yeah. Responsible for including it in email addresses. Um, and, and <laughs> you know, that's a pretty amazing thing to say. I'm sure that's probably... Like, for him, it was probably a tiny thing. Well, but but it, it's total, total, total culture. I mean, could he have imagined back in... You know, when was it? When was it? Did it seventy one? Sixties or seventies? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, so, you know, basically selecting, selecting that at symbol and and doing all that work behind email, and you, and you just take it for granted. You know, it's just, it's just exploded. Yeah. It's amazing. Um. So yeah, kind of kind of sad news that that he had um that he kind of passed away, and it was interesting. I I didn't know much about him. I got to be honest, I'd never heard of him. Now you you hear like the invent of the yeah. internet and all that kind of stuff, and and we know who kicked off Twitter and Facebook and Apple, but. This seemed a bit more hidden, but seemingly he, when he actually showed a colleague what he'd been working on, he was like, don't tell anybody, I'm not supposed to be working on this. <laughs> so it was almost like a little kind of, you know. Side project. Yeah. Because this was on ARPANET, which was all the, was that, was that, a, I can't remember if that was a university or the, the the military, I can't remember which one around it, I think it might have been the university network. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's. Sad news this week. Anyway, Gears of War is following on from a story we went with last week about Microsoft's new um, Universal Windows platform. They're calling it. This is the platform that allows things to be installed across all of these kind of I, 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 um, ten Windows ten devices. Um, so, Epic game developers, so the people behind um, Gears of War were really scathing in their attack of this this new direction, saying how this is Microsoft um, grabbing uh, complete control of the PC gaming market, not allowing other people to sort of um, monetize, and you've got to be within this platform, otherwise you you haven't got access to anything, kind of thing, and and removing consumers from the you know the end developers, so Microsoft acting as that middleware, basically saying Microsoft turning into Apple's model. And and they really don't want to see that happen. Uh, pretty and you say he said it fairly vivaciously. Yeah, I mean he he, he basically wrote a a, a a piece for the Guardian, and and the kind of telling paragraphs for me was Microsoft is moving against the entire PC industry, including consumers and gamers in particular. Software developers such as Epic, publishers like EA and Activision, and distributors like Valve and Good Old Games. And in his main contention, Microsoft launched new PC Windows features exclusively in the Universal Windows platform. And effectively telling developers you can use these Windows features only if you submit to the control of a locked down Universal Windows platform ecosystem. So it's back to the, you know, he 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 argues they can tell and users freedom to install full featured PC software and subvert the rights of developers and publishers to maintain a direct relationship with their customers. And I mean, it's exactly the same arguments we had when Apple brought out their App Store for the iMac and. And, and and it was exactly the same thing. It was just this is why are you controlling this, why are you forcing everyone down into this route? And, and I and I think ultimately the app store and the Mac is a, a failure. You know, there's... yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's useful, but but I prefer things like Steam. Well, <laughs> you see, I think so. I think it's useful to a point. You know, so as actually I was listening to Mike Weekly um, earlier this week, and one of the guys in there was saying he loves the app store because he gets in the machine. Um, you can just go yeah, to the you app know store. You can get all of your apps. Install yeah. all of these. Go. Don't need to find serials. Yeah. Don't need to find out. You know. Yeah. You know what version have I got and paid for and all that. Yeah, it's all up to date. Yeah. It's all there. 
And that's fine if you're probably like him changing your machine every six months to a year. Mm-hmm. If you've got a machine that's, that you're changing every five years, that benefit is a, you know, it might save it's you minimal, yeah. a couple of hours every five years. But the, the lockdown nature of it and um, the controlling nature, you know, from a developer point of view, the, the, the how slow updates come, you know, come out. If there is a bug in there, some of the updates have, have been taking like 40 or 50 days. That's criminal. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's absolutely criminal. If you're a developer, that, that could be a, an absolute you know, game changer for you. And I just think as well, it's not, the, the titles haven't really come through that, that you'd expect to see. It's not, it's the, not the, It's not off. the place to go and get your big applications there. They've all chosen no. still to go outside of this system. And we've seen so many leave that were in there and then have mm-hmm. to come up with yeah. some other way of, you know, sort of sketch comes to mind and, yeah. Yeah. you know, BB Edit comes to mind, you know, big massive apps panic. They're also saying, oops, this is maybe not the, that's not the place for us, you know. It's, it's... Microsoft have come out though um, and denied this, uh, or they've they've tried to refute it. They've said, you know, we're not locking down to. Uh, we're trying to make th- they're saying we're trying to make things easy as possible for developers. Uh, we're not locking this to any particular store or any particular you know transactional system or any particular system, you know, in general. We're just trying to make things easier for developers now. Yeah. So who do you believe? I know. I think it's only going to be it's going to be a time will tell. Because it's not clear right now, because we don't really see or know the impact of it. We've made some changes. And it's going to it's going to depend on who jumps on board. What the, my only concern is that Microsoft, you know, came up with a model for say for their Xbox One, and this is just an analogy, really. Um, they came up with a model for the Xbox One. They they announced it. They had there was furor in the community saying that they couldn't possibly have this model of you know digital DRM games and things like that, uh, online only kind of access. Couldn't possibly do that. It would ruin everything. But actually, by backtracking on that, they probably ruined it more um, by by not doing what they they initially had planned. Um, like by halfway house, sometimes it just means it's diluted so much that actually you lose all the benefits that would have been there. Yeah, so they had a vision and they, they half delivered it. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't work. Yeah. And so that's what I would be concerned about in this case. If they do backtrack a little bit and maybe do water this thing down, you know, is everyone going to lose out anyway? And in fact, is everyone going to lose out and the thing not going to work? Yeah, so boom. Who knows? Microsoft has also closed Fable um, developers Lionhead Studios. So this is um, Peter Molyneux's old company, which bought out by Microsoft um, not that long ago. Um, Molyneux left and now they're they're shutting down. And this is just before they're starting to release or they were due to release their Fable Legends. Yeah, because Fable Legends was shown last year and the year before, and it was about since the beginning. Yeah, well, it's been twenty twelve, but there was big plays last year, yeah, and the year before, and it was. We got to the stage where all the um, sort of online magazine websites were all showing like previews of it and doing, you know, got to that full on. There's something to play there type stage. Clearly not enough because um, they've killed not only the studios but the game so it's not even like that IP has been sold elsewhere or taken elsewhere, it's the whole thing's just been shuttered. Which you know, Fable for me, I, I loved the Fable franchise, I didn't play the spin-off games that they, you know, these, the recent ones but the, their core game was great and it's as soon as they moved away from that, in fact as soon as Molyneux left it seemed to just go a bit more downhill, uh, so maybe he saw the writing on the wall a while back but it's, you know they're a famous UK development um, firm uh, they're, they're based in guildford um and world-renowned as being absolutely but it's the same way rare. I mean, rare have been known for some amazing games microsoft bought them and you know the, the, to focus rare on connect games just seems such a waste of a 
not only the talent there, but the kind of name. You know, it just almost tarnished the brand. Um, yeah, Rare doesn't shame. mean what it used to, no. basically, because of it. Because of it, I mean, it was a big thing when Microsoft bought them, um, but then it turned out there was all sorts of inner strife anyway inside that development house, and it was all pretty ugly. Um, and and I guess you know, Microsoft just made a choice that it's not worth it, the money that's out going on it. But say it's a shame for the name because it was um, well, well, world renowned and well played Sony because they held the jobs fair at Guildford today. So yeah. come, come up for Clever. us. Yeah, clever stuff. Um, SNES coming to 3DS. So they're going to put an emulator on, but uh, if you've got an existing 3DS, it's not going to be able to cope with it. You need the, the a new bit of hardware to do this. You need the one released last year. So if you had one, so whatever, whatever last year's one was called, you need that version. And you need to buy the games again, of course. Of course. Of course. Buy buy these 16-bit games again. Um, oh, I would. Or, or just install a <laughs> crack copy on your, on your, on your desktop. Yeah. Like I do. Like, I mean, I, I, F-Zero, I'll fire that up every so often. <laughs> I <laughs> I did install some of some things some point in some point in the past, but it doesn't hold my attention. Even, even better, because you used to, I was playing it with a keyboard and I was playing it with like a, an Xbox controller plugged in through some crappy driver. And eventually I was like, why can't I play with my SNES pad? And of course you can. So you download a little adapter and you can plug your SNES pad into your Mac. <laughs> and it's, a, it's the best thing ever. So I've now got all my game pads in a box behind me and adapters to plug the ball in. And that is the best way. Cause it, it just feels like, right, this is how it should be. I found my Mega Drive the other day in all its games. Well, I never had a Mega Drive. I might have to hook it up to... I don't nah. know if there's a TV old enough to hook it up to at the moment. But. No. Well, as I said, I, I found the right cable to plug my SNES into the TV. Sega! No. I was always Nintendo. <laughs> Sega was always a bit crap. That that it was again. It's the eternal battles, but yeah, yeah. I, I liked my Sonic Sega. was just gay. He was great. Oh, it was just great game. I'll just I'll just press right. Mm. But sometimes you had to press the jump button at just the right point. Wow. Wired accidentally called Trump someone with tiny hands because it had a a Chrome extension installed on one of their journalists' um, pages, and they had to issue an apology. I think this is classic. They actually put a, they actually put a, a, the article out and only realised when it was published that, that any time Donald Trump was named, he was someone with tiny hands. Who know, is this clickbait? Sounds like it to me. I, it doesn't really matter don't either. Care. They, they changed the, it. They changed it quickly. They put up a they put up an error report, and then the author even. But, even, did, but this but this gets them onto a podcast like ours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And even the author, the author was like, "Well, it's, it's nice that my posters went viral." Don't know if it's yeah. for the right reasons, but. <laughs> Uh, the editor of um, the Wired well, did say that they did not intend to put that statement about his small hands. <laughs> but again, but they reiterated it in their statement. It's, it's you know, I I, I, quite, I find it quite funny. Tiny hands. Uh, there you go. So, and we've said it three times. So Donald Trump has tiny hands. I would just say he's an arsehole, but there we go. <laughs> we've um, <laughs> we've been playing. Um, well, I've been playing the division. You have. Um, so that was that was the big release um, that's come out this week, and I've been. And how is it? I only a couple just, of nights on it. I only just got mine today, so it's installed. I'm about to go and get schooled like a noob. It's um, it's extremely solid. It's extremely pretty. At times, it's unbelievably um, gritty and realistic. As far as you know, just the visuals of it, it's amazing. But you've got an Xbox. Um, <laughs> what? I said you've I got. I said you've got an Xbox. I 
Because the visuals are always built on the PS4. I was trying to be funny. Oh, it wasn't that eternal it. battle of my platform's better than your platform. I, I see. It was a throwback. It didn't work. Um, so, anyways, yes, and it's incredibly solid at what it does, which is it sends you to different places. You go and shoot people um, with bullets that are a bit made out of marshmallow. So, if you imagine how long it might take while throwing marshmallows at someone to kill them, that's kind of how long it takes to kill people in the game. But that's it's, it's an RPG. It's designed to be like that. Um, it, it's it's got big similarities to um, Destiny, um, but it's obviously a different environment. But but it's it's a very compelling place to be, and obviously all the upgrades and and loot loot chasing things like that as as, as normal. But um, it's certainly solid. But I'm scratching the surface. I haven't got very far into it at all. Yeah, I'm looking forward to giving it a go. I I, I didn't even try the beta. The beta was out because I didn't because uh, I just I was playing different things at the time. It was only a, I think it was only three days or four days, um, and I was like, oh, I can't be arsed. Yeah. So, it, but now I'm looking forward to it. It's and it played very well online with with friends as well. So uh, friends, I, I've got <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've got um, hopes that it's going to at least keep me entertained for a bit. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. I saw I saw some of the kind of because reviews, um, they, it was quite interesting. They said there's no embargo, but they didn't send anybody any review copies to the day of release. <laughs> yeah, and, and their argument, and and it's quite right in this particular case. You can't, they could not populate this game. Yeah. To any great extent before it was actually live, and the whole game centres around that being a, a population of of people work, you know, working in this environment. And, and what's interesting for me is it's one of the. I think most games you pick up, you kind of know what you're getting, you know. So you know what you're getting with Halo, you know what you're getting with Destiny and all that kind of good stuff. And this one, I don't really know too much about it apart from it's a kind of RPG shooter in a real world. And it's like, okay, give it a go. Yeah, it's got it's got you know feels a bit like Borderlands at times, feels a bit like Destiny at times. Feel, but basically, it just it is a solid shooter in a modern day environment. And just when you said shooter, there was a multiplayer trailer for Doom came out yesterday. Ooh. And it's like Halo on steroids. It's like the Maria Sharapora version of Halo. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, yeah, I quite, I, I watched the, the the video reviews of that. As of the, you know, they released a trailer for the single player, didn't they? Not that long yeah. ago. They were kind of analysing it frame by frame. Uh, and the single player has no... But this this is meant... So this is total... It just everything looks sped up. You know, when you when you shot somebody, it was like Halo's already blooming fire. Massive explosions. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was like a bit where you could turn into a big demon and start clawing people and stuff, and it was like, hmm, that looks interesting. But it looked mega fast. It looked remember all Unreal Tournament speeds. Yeah, that, it looked like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. All right, then that's the end of our podcast this week. But if you want to find out more about us and who we are, digitaloutbox.com, info at digitaloutbox.com at C at symbol. Um, Twitter, Digital Outbox. I'm on Twitter as Cheesy UK, and I'm also blogging at academyracer.co.uk. Where can we find you, Ian? At blog is ian.d.net, and Twitter is Shpipa. Lovely. Right, let's go play some um, stuff. Division. Ta da. Ta da. Thanks to Chris being poor at Halo.
It is Thursday, the 10th of March, 2016, and it's time for... Oh, I've messed up. <laughs> Damn it. I'm just doing it. No, I'm... We're I'm... not stopping. We're not stopping. Oh, okay. You carry on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 